Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's like you're looking through a telescope. You see where you're going to be. Uh, 
you are able to chat with me, send comments, questions. You can even even chat with each other on there, as many of you do sometimes. So, you know, let me know if you're not wanting me to put out there what you're saying. Otherwise, I'll share your comments, questions. If you're listening by phone, you do have to select the number one, only if you have a question or a comment or something to add to this show tonight. And hopefully you all do um, have something to add tonight. So tonight's topic, and I'm going, I am going to read the details that I posted out there and perhaps some of the uh, quotes that I put out there after the initial um, posting. So I want to make sure... Let's see here. I want to make sure that I get that out to you as well. Okay, so tonight's topic is defiled conscience. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. I want to read what was posted out there. The conscience, your emotional, well, let me start from the very beginning. It is said that once truth is revealed, one can obtain true deliverance and freedom. Okay, so it is said that once truth is revealed, one, you can obtain true deliverance and freedom. The conscience, basically your emotional response to your decisions and actions, what you value and the norms of behavior accepted. Again, this is by you. It is your personal judgment that distinguishes right from wrong. In Titus 1 and 15, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be all over in scripture tonight, so you guys bear with me. But this is this is one of those things that we just gotta go straight to the word, as we should on many things. But we're gonna have a lot of scripture here tonight. So if you wanna grab a pen and piece of paper, you know, jot these things down and really, really start to reflect on the topics and the subjects that we are we're going to be going over or have gone over. Because you you guys, for me. They, they are life-changing. They, are, they have become life-changing for me. So Titus 1 and 15 says, To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Even, the, even their mind and conscience are defiled. Defiled means to contaminate or make unclean. When the conscience is defiled, Anything goes. Anything is acceptable. There are simply no boundaries. A defiled conscience is capable of the vilest and most sickening acts. In the reverse, a defiled conscience also accepts anything, sets no boundaries for others, and will allow things and people in their life that are not good for them. Minds are enslaved and deprived of purpose, passion, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. It is said that once truth is revealed, one can obtain true deliverance and freedom. And that's how we started started it out. So once truth is revealed, one can obtain truth, deliverance, and freedom. That's really important, you guys. So question, has truth been revealed in your life? What is your truth? Who are you? What is your emotional response to your personal decisions and actions? What do you value? What is or has become normal and acceptable to you? Are you able to distinguish right from wrong? Since posting the original uh, posting, I've added a few questions whom do you value? In the original posting, it was what do you value? And as I continue to kind of ponder and talk about this topic with people and, and just ponder, you know, within myself, I wanted to add not just what do you value, but whom do you value? And I think that's important because, well, we're going to get into those questions a little bit later. So that's one that was added. Another one is if you are able to distinguish right from wrong, do you typically make sound judgment and or choices? And so we, the original one, I believe it, um, let's see, are you able to distinguish right from wrong? And we take it a bit further by asking, if so, if you're able to distinguish right from wrong, and distinguish is basically separate or decide right from wrong, 
do you typically make sound judgment and choices for your life and for you and where you're going? Um, so that's what tonight is about. I'm going to read just a few of few definitions that I found that kind of describe conscious just to give you a better idea. I, I found that when I'm when I'm asking people, even myself, I can say, Oh, I want to I think that's a great topic to talk about. But when I'm trying to explain it and even to people saying, Hey, what do you think about this? We we both, or even if it's more than one, we often find ourselves saying, you know, I know I know what that means, or I, I know what I'm trying to say, but I can't quite put it into words for you. And I feel like that's because we don't spend enough time reflecting in thought and communicating with one another. I was able to, I'm, I'm really in this phase of people watching, and I get that term from Miss Erlene, which is one of our regular callers and listeners. I get that term from her, and I'm really just finding it fascinating to just watch people, their their reactions, how they interact with one another, how they respond to things and situations. And this past week, I was I was somewhere where where I felt that people should really be embracing one another because of the place that I was in. And what I found was, and at least communicating, this, this, this should have been, in my opinion, this should have been a time of, oh, boy, reflecting, talking, communicating, and it was just the opposite. People came in with their, with their computers, with their cell phones, they're playing games, they're sitting but they're not talking. They're not communicating. They really look, people look like zombies to me. They're becoming to look like, we are becoming to look like zombies. And technology is not our friend. I mean, it it can help us, but it is also destroying us because there's too much of it. I heard today that 9 million iPhones were sold, I believe, in three days, since Friday, I believe, but 9 million iPhones were sold. 9 million. That made my stomach turn. And people by the hundreds waited in line to purchase them. Waited. So we have to really find out who we are. We really have to find out what we value, who we value. Who are we serving? Who are we seeking? So some definitions that I found um, straight from, from, from the definition, from the book. Number one, this is for conscience. A, a sense of right and wrong says the sense of, of what is right and wrong that governs one's thoughts and actions, urging him or her to do right rather than wrong. Okay, so there's a couple of things I want to focus on there. Again, the sense of what is right and wrong that governs, and governs means just direct or manage or oversee. So it governs one's thoughts and actions. Urging is another word. Urging him or her to do right rather than wrong. Urging is basically influencing or advising. So so this is what this definition is saying, that your conscience is a sense of right and wrong that governs you that directs you, that manages you, that oversees you, and your actions, your thoughts and your actions, urging you to do right rather than wrong. So think about that. That is saying that is what our conscience does, okay? And and mind you, it's it's one thing to, to know you have something, but it's another thing to utilize, to use that, which what you have. Another one is obedience to conscience. This is saying behavior according to what your sense of right and wrong tells you is right. This is important because of the word according to. So I'm going to read that again. Behavior according to what your sense of right and wrong tells you is right. Again, important because according to. We all have different lifestyles. We all come from different backgrounds. We all have our own stuff. We all have our own perception of things. We've been taught um, differently. Um, some things we've learned to, to get away from. 
some things we need to work on getting away from. So it says behavior according to what your sense of right and wrong tells you is right. And I look at that as more so being about um, me, the flesh. This is pre, pre the change in Tammy, pre transformation, so to speak. Um, because because once you you, tr- you transform and become more Christ-like, which is what we all should be working towards, um, in in my opinion. So keep that one in mind. And I hope that you guys are writing this down, or will at least go back and 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 look listen to this show and write those things down that that register to your spirit or in your spirit. Excuse me. Number three, this is basically shared moral viewpoint. It is says a shared concern for moral issues. I didn't register with that one so much, but I did I, I did want to share it. Again, a shared concern for moral issues. Synonyms for the word conscious is basically principles, ethics, integrity, sense of right and wrong, morality. And lastly, I want to read this final one for conscience, the awareness of a moral or ethical aspect to one's conduct together with the urge, that word again, with the urge to prefer right over wrong. And that one's important to me, the awareness of a moral or ethical aspect to one's conduct together with the urge, and remember the urge is just advising you, influencing you, to prefer. So now it's saying to prefer, which is desire, favor, or choose right over wrong. That word choose is very important, and we're going to talk about why in in just a little bit. I also found an article, and it was interesting to me, probably only because the, the relation to the Holy Spirit. I found an article that thought or or basically said that conscience is basically the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And lately I have really been studying and, and really embracing and experiencing the Holy Spirit in my life. And that is a total, totally different um, growth. You're at a you're in the spiritual realm that I cannot no words can express um, to to help you understand for me what it has done for me in my life. It is it's just it's amazing. It, it is truly amazing. So I'm not really sure where I stand on on that, but but hopefully after searching and I do plan to do a show on the Holy Spirit spiritual growth with with much emphasis and focus on the Holy Spirit, which I feel is the the very thing that we need to truly have a transformation of the heart. And we're going to hopefully get to those shows in October towards the end of the year for sure. Um, The lines are open, you guys. Please don't don't let me go without getting your points in and your questions. Uh, I want to go back to a scripture uh, Romans one twenty eight. I want to, if you have your Bible out and want to go there, you can. You certainly don't have to. I'm going to read it, but I want to um, go back to there. And I'm going to check the chat line. That'll give you guys some time. If you're going to look it up, that'll give you some time to get there. Okay. All right. For those of you in the chat, you remember you can submit your questions uh, there as well. Okay. So Romans 128, I'm going to, and this this goes back in reference to um, really, really knowing who we are, those questions that I posted. But I want to read it, and I'll tell you, give you more information on why I chose this one. I'm going to start at 28, but I'm going to go back a little bit further after I read 28, and then we'll come back again on 28. But Romans 1 and 28 reads, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Okay, so keep that in mind as we go back up a little bit. And I think, let's start at 24. Therefore God, gave, therefore God also gave them up to an uncleanliness in the lust of their heart, to the uncleanness of the lust in their heart, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie. 
and who worship, this is important, and who worship and serve the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever, amen. So notice there it's saying that basically people serve and worship the creature rather than the creator. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also, the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. And even as they did not like to retain, we're right back where we started, started, God in their knowledge, so they didn't want to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased, and sometimes it said depraved mind, to do those things which are not fitting. So take that, and let's go back and look at the word defile. And we started out with defile, um, meaning, well, I didn't give you any words for that, but words that means the same as defile is corrupt, ruin, tainted. So if we have a defiled conscience, if, if, if the word tells us that because we don't want to retain, we, we don't like to retain God, the knowledge of God in our lives. Not saying we don't know it, because the word also tells us that God has made himself clear, his power, his eternal power clear, so that we will be without excuse. So not saying we don't know the knowledge and, and have the ability to choose Right, which our conscience urges us to. Not saying that we don't know. It's just saying that we ch- we choose not to. We choose to retain from God's knowledge. So after hearing that that verse, you know, it makes you makes you come back to our conscience. Remember, I said pre taming pre transformation, or pre anybody. Um, we're just we're, our will and our desire when we're in the flesh is not the will of God. We truly have to be transformed. Now, that brings me here because um, tonight, although the topic is defiled conscience, the focus I want you guys to focus on, including myself, is self-identity, self-awareness. Self-identity, self-awareness. We have to learn who we are and create boundaries so that, more importantly, who we are, but who do you want to be? Who do you desire to be? Who are you serving? Who are you seeking? I'm reminded, and I I always love to hear this, I'm an okay fan as, as far as Will Smith is concerned, but I do remember hearing a story where he talked about how he and Jada, um, set boundaries as far as their family and, and if they would never choose family. Oh, I mean, you know, that, that life as far as going to award shows and things like that over family. And I know we've heard lots of things about Will Smith and Jada and, and who knows, and, and, and I don't really get off into that. But I know for, for me, that this, this reminded me of, that, of creating boundaries and just knowing what you will do in certain situations, knowing who you are, and what you will choose not to go against. What what works for you, what doesn't. What goes against where you want to go, where you're growing spiritually, and all of that. So often I think we miss out on a lot of things. This reminds me of a conversation I was having with someone today about the Steve Harvey show, and they were saying, I don't watch that show because all his shows are uh, geared towards women and and man bashing, and I said that is not true. And if you, if we're not careful, we will miss out on some things that people have to give us. Because what that does is carry over into into people in the lives of people. It's like saying, I remember we had Eric on the show, and she said people say it's always raining. In reality, it's not always raining. That's just how you are looking at it. And so you you don't enjoy a rainy day because now in your mind. Rain is negative. Rain interrupts your day. 
So even even in small things like that, we have to learn how to feed our minds differently and um, embrace life a little bit better. So set some boundaries. That is very, very important, especially in today's world, because we really do wrestle against the, the, the flesh and blood and the principalities of this world, powers that we, I don't feel like we truly have an understanding of, of the spiritual realm and what's going on uh, around us. And if you really and truly think about your life and how things come up, does it not to me? It seems like the very things that I'm dealing with internally, whether I speak them speak them out loud or not, seems like I run into those things or those people. If I'm kind of a little fearful or a little worried about this, something, something gets that going. Something stirs that up. So something is out there. Something is out there for sure. And we, as, as believers and, and as God-seeking people, we really do wrestle not against flesh and blood. I think I said that wrong, but against principalities, against powers and and the dark rulers of this of this this spiritual this ram world that we're in this uh, earthly world. So we really do, and that's why we really have to know who we are, and know what goes against our spirit, know what goes against um, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to check the chat line here. Uh, make sure we're okay. Okay, we're good there. I do want to hear some people talk tonight. I don't want to talk alone tonight. Get some conversation going here because, um, or maybe, again, you're just taking it all in, but welcome your questions and comments. I have, I want to go to Romans, and I told you guys we're going to be coming straight out of the Bible tonight for the most part, but I believe it's Romans 7, and I want to make sure that that is here. Romans Seven verse nineteen. Uh, yes, Romans seven verse nineteen. This is going to really hit home as far as who you are and what you will do in the conscious and so forth, so forth. But so let's start with nineteen. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that. I practice, and that's coming from Romans um, 7 and 19. Yes, 7 and 19. I want to go back just a little bit on that one as well. Let's see how far should we go up. Maybe let's start at 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. And carnal is just basically I'm full of flesh. I'm full of the flesh. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. Sold under sin, for what I am doing, I do not understand. How many can how many of us can register with that? For what I am doing, I do not understand. Sometimes I say stuff, sometimes I do stuff, and I think, now where did that come from? Why did I say that? Why did I do that? But now, instead of convicting myself or condemning myself, I take that time to learn and grow so that perhaps I won't do it again. That when it comes up again, my conscience will urge me to say the right thing and to do the right thing. Because as we get going further in the show, I'm going to give you some different um, different conscience, different definitions, uh, explaining more into depth how to distinguish between, you know, I never knew that there were so many. Um, but again, for we know for we know the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, fleshly, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will, for what I will to do, that I do not that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. Verse sixteen: If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now. It is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. And that's on a whole other level as well. So what he's saying, it's no longer I that do it, but the sin that dwells in me. And I was able to hear um, Pastor Miller a few weeks ago 
in Bible study really, really talk about this in a different way as far as um, the sins that the sins that we commit and the sins that dwell within us. Basically, that sin that comes from childhood pain, childhood disappointment. Um, we talked about we talked about generational curses and things like that. Poses generational choices. Sometimes we make choices because we mimic what we see. It's what we've seen. We've been raised in dysfunction. We've been raised in negativity, and some of those things are just embedded in us. And that's where it comes in, where God says there's no condemnation when when we are seeking Him in in spirit. And he, and he really does know in our heart that we're seeking him and we're seeking that, that true transformation of the heart that comes through and by the Holy Spirit. So bear with me here. I want to keep going a little bit further in this. For I know that in me, this is 18, for I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. In my flesh, this is coming from the Word, not Sammy. That is, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. And you guys have heard me say, and if you haven't, I'm going to tell you, I can't even trust me outside of the will of God. I'm selfish. I'm stubborn. I'm prideful. I can't trust me outside of the will of God. So nothing good dwells in me, in my flesh. For to, for to will is, and this is important as well, for to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. So we have to teach ourselves how to perform what is good. We have to be transformed. We have to renew our minds. Because, again, the conscience is going to urge us to do what's right. we got to make a choice to do what is right. We got to know what is right. We talked about the knowledge. We know it. We got to know we got to know it. We got to desire it, but then we got to choose to do it. How do we choose to do it? Know who you are. Before we're going through all this stuff, all this this warfare, all of this principalities, the powers against the rulers of darkness. We're going through all of this all the while trying to figure out who we are. So how are we going to make the right decision? And we know because even a child, I've had several instances where children, toddlers, you told them not to do something, and they're sneaking to do it. They're planning to do this. They're going to make sure that you are somewhere else. They're going to turn around and look to make sure she's not looking. Where is she? And this is a toddler. So even then, we know right from wrong. We know that we're doing something that we that goes against our morals, our values, our spiritual being, who we are spiritually growing to be. So if a child knows, I know I have to say it for Brandon many times, I've caught Brandon peeping around to see, and this is toddler, to see if he can get away with doing something that he's been told not to do not to do. So that was, again, Romans 7. I just encourage, if you have not, if you're looking to find somewhere to read, read all of chapter, all of Romans, all of, that, all of that chapter. You know, so often we feel like we do fight against the principalities and all that, but we feel like Satan is our worst enemy. He's our fiercest foe. And I'm going to tell you people, it's not, it's not Satan. It's us. Satan uses our ill will, our our fleshly desires to, um, what's the word? Satan uses what he what he has and what we give what we give him. And again, that is our selfish desires. I would say that the flesh. He knows what we desire in the flesh. How? Because we show it. We show it. We put it out there. So we got to start putting out what we're desiring in the spirit because that Satan cannot handle. And then once we put it out there, we got to choose that, which is right in the spirit, not of our flesh, 
and listen to the conscience that urges us to do what's right. And again, we know we can get mixed up in the according to because it that can go back to how we were raised, what we've been through, the sin that we don't do, but the sin that's embedded within us that only the Holy Spirit can get out of us by seeking and serving God. So I am going to take just a, we're going to be going, and I'm not going to keep you guys long. We have just a, we're doing pretty good on time. I'm going to keep you hopefully under an hour. I want to take a quick little break. I'm going to play a little bit of music and uh, give you time to do what you need to do. And it's just going to be a really quick few seconds. So, I'll be right back with you in just a second. It's like you're looking through a telescope. You see where you're going to be. Consequent 
conscience. I can barely say that. Another one, bright, true conscience. And I like this. Well, let me read it to you first. The mind making a correct moral judgment on some action either to be performed or already done. When the conscience is true, a person's subjective judgment corresponds to the objective fact that a particular human act is morally good or morally wrong. So important and comes right back to self-awareness. In order to determine what is right and wrong, you gotta, for you, you got to know who you are. More importantly, where do you want to go? How, how often or, or when is the last time you really did an assessment of your life? Spiritually, emotionally, just overall. When is the last time? And when is the last time you just said, you know what, I don't like this, this, this area of my life. I don't like my growth here. And we can no longer be enslaved mentally. No longer. Because it really does affect how we seek and serve God and how we spiritually grow. It truly affects every area of our lives. So um, another one is uh, false conscience, the judgment of the mind when it wrongly decides that something is lawful but that, in fact, is unlawful or vice versa. The error may be due to the false principles used or because the mind was darkened or confused in its reasoning process. There, to me, it's about reality versus perception. goes right back to what I was explaining, this person saying that all of Steve Harvey's shows are geared towards one thing, because that's, that's not true. I, we know that to be true, because I've seen different shows on there, but to say all, and, that's, and to me, it's also not dealing with truth. And how often do we get caught up in perceiving things that are not the way that we perceive them. So reality versus perception, it is, it is really important to understand that sometimes the, the way that we perceive things are based on, sometimes it's based on what we've gone through, what we've not let go, and, and we don't really know how to determine what, what to do. And sometimes we do know. We just choose not, not to do not to do the right thing. I read an article, well, not article, I read a posting on Facebook, and this person, um, I'm going to have to be very kind of discreet with this one, but this person was had, had put something on Facebook that really was, in my opinion, inappropriate, really inappropriate for for who he is and, and being a leader. Uh, was it, it was inappropriate. There was a better way to say what you were saying, but the way this person said it, and, and there were some, some comments that came back on this posting, um, you know, that kind of said, you know, that's all good, but make sure God gets the glory in that. And later you see the, you see this person saying, you know, I I really wasn't going wasn't gonna to post this because kind of like I know how people think, and I really felt some kind of way about posting it. But I called a friend, and a friend said, go ahead and post it. It was okay. But see, Sometimes we call that friend to validate what what our flesh wants to do. And we just have to keep it real. I did it a number of times. Still have to fight from doing it now. When I've heard the voice and I know the right thing to do, but I need somebody to, you know, push me out. You know, no, you go, you go. How are you going to do as kids? No, you go. So you need somebody sometimes to validate what you want to do, but you know that your conscience is saying, mm-mm, no, no, urging you, stop, listen, no, this is not the right thing to do. So reality versus perception uh, is a good one to relate, and that's called false conscience is, is the name of that one. Lastly, um, I don't want to go over that one. Well, let's do this one. Doubtful conscience is another one. A state of mind when it cannot certainly decide for or against a course of action and leaves the person unsure about the morality of what one is to do or what one may have done. One sign of a doubtful conscience is that it gives rise to a positive judgment with a proven fear of being wrong or more commonly to a negative judgment 
in which the person does not know whether an act is lawful or not. And this is just a state of, of, of confusion, and we can get there. I call that really, that's, that's a time where um, we need to read more of our word, pray more, and really get to know who we are and where we are and what's going on in our lives. Where is our attention going? What are, we, what are our values right now? Who are we valuing? Who are we focusing on? What are we focusing on? Because when we take it off, when we don't make God the center of our lives, the world gets crazy. The world is crazy anyway. I personally don't know how I would be making it right now without God being the center of my life. I really don't. And and even then, you still have your stuff. You still have to deal with your conscience and making the right choices and doing the right thing. You still, because we are of our flesh and we have to fight daily. Like where it says, pick up your cross daily and follow me. To me, for me, what that tells me, Tammy, pick up your stuff today. Every day, every time, every morning, I give you enough opportunity to put your feet on this ground. Get your stuff that you didn't deal with yesterday, that you're still dealing with. Get it, but follow me. Bring it all with you. Bring it all with you. And that's what that scripture says for me. Get your stuff, Tammy. Get your conscience, whatever. Bring it on. Follow me. Um, there's another one. Uh, let's see. Before, I want to go back on doubtful conscience and want to share something with you on that as we almost come to a close, about 15 more minutes. And, again, thank you guys for just staying with me tonight. I see you guys out there just to pure honor. Um, this is, in my Bible, there there are kind of spiritual warfare uh, basics, they kind of call it. And this one, the doubtful conscience, reminded me of, an article I read in here, uh, it's called Don't Believe a Lie. And I want to share that with you. I'm going to try to pick through it so I don't have to read the entire thing to you, but stay with me because this one's really, really good. It says, Don't Believe a Lie. James 5, 19 through 20 warns us that the error leads to death. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, the truth, the truth being the focus there for me, so, brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save the soul from death and cover and cover a multitude of sins. Okay? So get that. That who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul, not only save a soul from death, but cover a multitude of sins. Let's stop right there for a minute because now we see how many times has your conscience told you to to speak in truth, to live in truth, to deal deal in truth, and we don't do it with people that we claim to love because we don't want to hurt their feelings or we don't want to be taken the wrong way or something. But in doing that, we don't we save people and and we cover a multitude of sins. But we let things go on and just reoccur. So getting back to the article, the moment we correct a lie or refuse to embrace one. The moment we correct a lie or refuse to embrace one, how often do we embrace lies? We've talked about that here on the show, how we will sit and talk to someone knowing they are lying and embrace it. So the moment we correct that lie or refuse to embrace it, embrace one, we are fighting against sin multiplying. However, if we allow the lie to run rampant, we are going to see corpse falling spiritually all around us. And that is what I think has happened. People are falling spiritually all around us. They are the walking dead. So this goes on. I think of the childhood story, and hopefully you've all heard this story, the childhood story of the scorpion and the frog. The scorpion asked the frog to carry him across the river. The reluctant frog, fearing death, fearing the death-dealing sting, tried to politely 
we try to politely decline that which the conscious urges us not to do. We try, okay? So, but he was finally convinced by the eloquent words of the scorpion. So the frog was finally convinced by the eloquent words of the scorpion. In the middle of the river, the scorpion stung the frog. The frog asked, why did you do that? Now we will both die, cried the frog, as he felt the poison sear through his body. A lot a lot like what we do when we make when we go against our conscience or the Holy Spirit. So it says the, the scorpion answers, but it is in my nature to sing. It is in my nature to sing. It is the nature of Satan to destroy us. And that's what those principalities, and that's why we got to know what we're up against. And we're up against ourselves, our selfish desires, our flesh. We're up against that every day, every day. But our conscience encourages us to choose life, to do life. So that was a quick little story I wanted to just share with you. Hope you got something out of that. Um, just be mindful of eloquent words because, again, just like that child I said, my own child, many times, other people's children as well, they know. They know how to sneak and do what they want to do at age two, at age three. They will get ready to touch something and look back at you to see if you're looking. Something is going off in them at that time as well. So, uh, lastly, this one is called the lax conscience, just lax. And it is an enormous conscience when the mind decides on insufficient grounds that a sinful act is permissible or that something gravely wrong is not so bad, not so serious. So that's the lax conscience. I can relate to that one as well. And that's going to we we, we really to do what the flesh wants to do. And we tell ourselves, I can go ahead and do it this time. This will be my last time. I won't do this again. One time won't hurt. And we don't realize what that does to us um, after that. We don't realize what state of mind and how it corrupts us spiritually. And remember, we have to know what's right, which we do. We really do know. We have to desire what's right. And I'd like to believe that we are all, for the most part, most of us really desire to do better, to live better. We really desire, but we got to know desire. And here's where we trip up. we got to choose. we got to make a choice to know who we are, to hear our conscience speaking to us, and then to adhere to what's right and what's wrong. And determine, because, again, I can't trust him outside of where I am now. I cannot. I cannot. So we have to really learn. We have to renew our mind, as the word says, daily. Pick up our cross, our stuff, and and learn to master self-control in our lives. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit. How often do we hear people talking about the fruit of the I've been on this for a while now. How often do we hear people talk about the fruits of the Spirit? Now, we hear about the gifts of the Spirit, but how often do you have people really wanting to possess the fruit of the Spirit and really working and desiring those things? Because that will help your conscience urge you to do better and to do right as well. Ephesians 4 tells us that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every word of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love and grow up in all things into him who is the head, which is God, which is Christ. So we are, I mean, it's time to grow up spiritually, make better choices, make better decisions, because guess who's watching, guess who's looking, guess who mimics 
what they see are used. Guess who's learning how to deal with their conscience by the way that we live our lives and do what we do? Our youth, our children. And so guess what the next generation will look like if we don't stop and start being accountable for our actions, for our decisions, for our choices, for our flesh, for not picking up our cross daily. We have to learn to master who we are so that we can become who we want to be, so that we can grow spiritually. We just got to grow up. We we can't say that we're seeking and serving God and there's no growth. That reminds me of, of a statement I said, I don't know what show, but, you know, what would you say or what would you do if a 10-year-old or a 13-year-old walked in with a bottle in their mouth or passed a buyer? And that's what we're doing. We're still drinking the, the milk out of the bottle. We're still wanting our pacifier. And a lot of us are being taught that way. It's okay. It's okay. That's kind of the, the lax conscience, the one that we just went over. Now, that does not mean in any way that we don't have patience and we don't allow ourselves to grow and allow others to grow. Lastly, as far as scripture, and then I'm going to work to bring it to a close. Lastly, in Titus uh, chapter 3, it says, Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one. And this is one that registered with me when I was reading it. Um, To be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all. And this is where it gets really good. Verse 3, for we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior toward man, appeared, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. And it goes on, but that verse 3, for we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived. It says also once. That means we should stay and remain 10 years, 20 years of seeking and serving God, of praying, reading our word. We should not remain foolish, disobedient, deceiving, serving various lusts. We should not. We should, our conscience, we should, we should catch up with choosing the right thing to do. We got to know who we are, know where we want to go, set some boundaries, and stick to them. Hold yourself accountable for your life and what you want. So I want to end with this quote, and I and the lines are open. If, if this, if you've taken some from this and want to share, if you have some questions, you want to get that out. Uh, hopefully, you've written some of these things down. And we'll go back. But I found this quote: "Knowing others is intelligence. Knowing yourself is true wisdom." Mastering others is strength. Mastering yourself is true power. I'll read it once more. Knowing others is intelligence. Knowing yourself is true wisdom. Mastering others is strength. Mastering yourself, true power. And I say to you all, you will never find yourself until you find and face your truth. Who are you? Who are you? I also ran into a quote that if you can't listen to your own conscience, what makes you think you will listen to the Holy Spirit? So if you don't trust yourself, and if you're seeking and serving the same uh, self that you don't trust, remember the first says that people are serving the creature and not the creator? 
be serving something you don't that you don't even know. So who are you? Again, tonight's topic defiles conscience, but tonight's questions are: Has truth been revealed in your life? Who are you? What is your truth? What is your emotional response to personal decisions and actions in your life for your life? What is or has become normal and acceptable to you? Are you able to distinguish right from wrong? Whom do you value? What do you value? If you're able to distinguish right from wrong, do you typically make sound judgment and or choices? All these things are really, really important. Really, really important. So as you go through the rest of the week, spend some time getting to know who you are. Quiet your life a little. Read your word more. Pray more for sure. And and know who you are and love who you are. Embrace who you are. Because the more corrupt you are, the more stuff you got going on, and if you give those things, oh, if you turn your life over to God, guess what? The more glory he's going to get because he's going to bring you through and out. And people are going to see that change in you. They're going to see you adhering to your conscience, being transformed and renewed, and the Holy Spirit coming in your life, working through you, and seeing people seeing God in you. We got to stop being so busy. Everybody, we're on the phone from the moment we get in the car until the moment we get to our destination. What if, what if, what if we turn the radio off? I looked at so little TV and listened to, I found myself, my radio hadn't been on in the car, just reflecting, just getting to know me. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Welcoming the renewed, the new, what's to come. What's to come. So I'm going to check the chat line, and if you all don't have any questions, any comments, got to be some of the quietest people, my goodness. I hope that means you're just listening and it's really good, but um, that's all I have for tonight. It's been a great, great show. Um the as of right now, I am still planning um, the event for October fifth. Stay tuned for that. Um, it is RSVP only. I really do plan to post that information no long, no later than Wednesday night, I believe. No, let's just say no later than Thursday morning, just to be on the safe side. Um, again, it, it is an RSVP event. It is celebrating life celebrating life. No longer are we going to live um, and, and feel like we're dying. So hopefully you guys can, can join. It's going to be at the Botanic Garden uh, October 5th. And again, I'll put more information out about that. Um, on Butterflies is Still up and running. If you know some young women, some young girls, I am I'm happy to to hear that uh, a young lady is interested in starting uh, a girls group, butterfly group in Ohio. So uh, very excited about that, and we'll be talking to her. So if you're, we all have to do something. I was on a show, participated in a show last night um, where we talked about you know what's wrong, but what are you doing? What are we doing to give back? And, again, because if we do nothing, if you choose to do nothing, even in your own life, if you choose to do nothing, you are the oppressor. You you are right there with the oppressor. So do something within your community. Do something in your own life. Allow your light to shine. Allow God to get the glory in your life so that more people Will, will be attracted and drawn to that light because it is, it, it is an attractive light. So that being said, one last time, if you have any questions, comments, here's the time to get it in. 
get those in. If not, then uh, I will be on next Monday. God willing, I'll be on. And uh, we have some some guests coming up, some great topics coming up. Um, and, and I'm kind of calling these next topics um, really about growing, learning who you are again and growing from that reflection time. So prepare to come back next Monday, brainstorming with you, tell someone about the show. And from there, I want to say good night. Thank you all for listening. Spread your wings and fly this week and look for a butterfly. I went from seeing no butterflies to seeing several a day. And I'm just so excited. I'm attracting that which I'm looking for. I guess I'm, I'm getting it. So look for butterflies and let them remind you of transformation that you want to see in yourself and, and that transformation which God can do in you and through you. So that being said, thank you all for tuning in tonight. And I look forward to, to spending time with you again next Monday. Have a good night. It's like you're looking through a telescope. You see where you're going to be. Growing, getting better. You're not the person they see. Can't be mad at the things you've been through. Because they built your love so. Now you're stronger than you've ever been. They can't stop your hurting. Your faith ain't never small. That's what brought you this far. You got your dreams and you got your prayers and you got Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.